Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I am the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church. And with me today is Pastor Paul Eastwood. How's it going? It's going well. How are you, Paul? I am good. I am full after Thanksgiving. Excellent. I am (laughs) also full after Thanksgiving. Uh, Confession time. I wasn't at church this weekend. I was enjoying some time away with my family up north. Uh, Spent some time in the woods at the lake which was lovely, Um, but I'm looking forward to our conversation today. We've chatted a bit. I tuned into our live stream for a little bit. Uh, For those of you who don't know, we actually do live stream our services on Sunday morning. Our technology is working mostly reliably now. Um, It's a great opportunity if you're away for the weekend or if you happen to miss, you can uh, tune in and follow along in our teaching. It's great. Um, But why don't you give us a little, a bit of a recap. What is it you were talking about on Sunday? Well, being Thanksgiving, we we focused in a little bit on on thankfulness, and mm-hmm. really the big question that we were str- wrestling with, or at least I was wrestling with as I was preparing, was how can we be more thankful people and not just people who say thank you? Because oftentimes, you know, thanks, you know, Thanksgiving is this moment where we all get around the table and everybody says, you know, things that they're thankful for, and mm-hmm. we say the, you know, the regular things, you know, like the house over my, you know, or the, my family or whatever it happens to be, and then we just yep. move on. And, um, and I just wanted to explore this idea of being a thankful person. What does it mean to be completely transformed by gratitude inside? Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. And it's kind of, I mean, we are classic Canadians in that we know to say thank you. We're, we've been taught that. Sure. Um, it's the thing we do. But what does it look like to actually develop this attitude of gratitude? Right. And so what I did was we shared a story from the Bible that is actually probably a story that's often told in Sunday school class. Yep. I mean, it's about these 10 uh, people with leprosy mm-hmm. and Jesus heals the 10 and uh, only one of them comes back to thank Jesus. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just this simple story that we gloss over. But as I was reading through it, I think there were some things that I pulled out of it that uh, were at least very impactful for me. And I hope that as we shared on Sunday, um, that they were impactful for others. And basically what we said was three main ideas mm. that thankful people know when to be thankful. So they see things. Yeah. Um, there are people who are observant and who recognize places where uh, they've been gifted. Mm-hmm. Other, the other thing I said is thankful people take time to be thankful. And I talked about this idea of returning and coming back mm. um, and pausing in those moments of positivity. Like, what you know, what are the things that I can be thankful for? And how can I like rest there and wait for a little bit? Yep. Uh, the other one was being uh, thankful people know why they are thankful. And really that was about the direction of our thankfulness. Hmm. The fact that uh, we are designed to worship and uh, and we will worship lots of different things. Yeah. <laughs> but when we recognize what God has done for us, uh, yeah. our attention should be and our worship should continually be brought back to him. Hmm. Um, we come on Sunday morning so that we can worship him and remember and be thankful for what he's done for us. So those are the three main areas that we yeah. focused on. Okay. You talk about, about seeing. Let's start at the beginning. Sure. Um, I mean, obviously, most of us uh, have the ability to see. Most of us can see, and, and we do. We see things. So, so what do you mean when you say thankfulness starts with seeing things in the right way? How do we, how do, we do that? Like, what, what does that look like, and then what kind of habits do we form around that? Well, I mean, there's a there's a number of different things. When I when I think of this, it 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 makes me think of uh, some people that I connect with on a regular basis. One individual in particular who often doesn't see the places where God is at work in in his life. Hmm. And one of the conversations I often have is, you know, you have a lot to be thankful for, uh, and and I start listing some of those things. Yeah. 
And what I get is sort of like a, oh, you know, a head shake or an eye roll or sort of a, you know, but there's this or Mm, but there's this or but there's this. The Bible is really clear about this. In Philippians 4, it it tells us to be focusing on positive things and good things and true things. So when we focus our attention on the things that God has done for us, those good things, it leads to, the Bible talks about a peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm -hmm. And I find that when we are, when we live lives of, ingratitude where we are thinking about all of the ways that you know we haven't got what we wanted what we end up doing is being dragged into a ditch because Mm -hmm. if our attention is on those things that all that negative uh all the negative things that are in our life um it's gonna pull us down yeah yeah and it's i mean that that analogy you know you kind of you look where your eyes are going that's true in sports and driving and all kinds of stuff and that's you're right you know if someone's most scared of something what do they inevitably end up doing the thing they're most scared of right (laughs) exactly if you're you're on a set of skis going down a hill and think i don't want to go towards that rock you're going to end up going towards that rock right Um, yeah that's exactly right and so for me it's about paying attention i think you know the Mm. women's ministry here at the church um i can't remember the book um uh something about a thousand gifts and it was a book that was was helping them to think about all of the ways that they have received gifts in their life Mm. and to you know be challenged to write out a thousand things that they're thankful for yeah and and i think this is the kind of practice that would be really important for all of us and so you know if, if you are you know driving in your car you know, you can take a moment to be thinking about, you know, what are some things that I can be really thankful for? Just, just pause for a moment. Think about your last week or your last couple of days mm-hmm. and think that through. Uh, perhaps you can write it down. Maybe you want it. Maybe you're a journaler. And so you can just take uh, take out your journal. And before you start writing other things, write down what you're thankful for, but not just mm-hmm. what you're thankful for, why you're thankful for it. Yeah. And why you're thankful for it. That kind of leads to that second idea, yeah. this idea of pausing in those moments Um, because I think sometimes we can get really like, I I think about my kids. If I, if I'm telling one of my kids that they're, uh, if if they ask permission to go to a friend's house Mm -hmm. and what they'll do is they'll say, thank you while they run out the door. Yes. They'll be saying, thanks dad. Thanks dad. And just taking off. Right. And I think sometimes we approach life that way when it comes to things we're thankful for. We sort of, you know, I almost imagine like if, if, you know, getting back to the story of these 10 uh, people with leprosy who were healed by Jesus. Um, I could imagine that many people, probably even some of the nine, mm-hmm. might have been thinking, wow, I'm being healed as I'm going to see the priest. And they might shout back, hey, thanks, Jesus. You're the best. So appreciate that. Thanks so yeah. much. And just keep going. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think this one individual stopped and he thought about it. And he yeah. said, what is it about that I'm so thankful for here in this moment? And return to Jesus. And so this idea of of pausing in those moments of thankfulness has been actually really important for me in the last couple of weeks. I've mm. just been thinking, or last week, yeah. I've been thinking about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm just going to pick up on one of the things you said. You talk about, you know, sitting down and writing a list, and they read yeah. this book where you write a list of 100. You know what? Uh, if you're listening to this, why don't you, if you've got a piece of pen, a piece of paper and a pencil pen, uh, you know, why don't you make that list? Or, or if you're driving, why don't you start making it mentally and just get to 10? And I think mm-hmm. one of the one of the important things in in my own journey of learning how to be thankful is to not not always base it on comparison. It's not it's not that I'm thankful that you know at least I'm not blank. Right, right. Um, it's what it, what what do I genuinely have that's yeah that's not not in this realm of comparison that I'm really deeply thankful for. Yeah, it's really um, helpful. To think and it does take time, right? It takes the ability to pause. Um, I mean, one of the one of the best things that I did this weekend with my family is we wandered through the forest mm-hmm. uh, and we stopped and looked at things and looked really carefully, you know, got up close to 
bits of rotting wood and saw the colors and the bugs and the, the mushrooms and fungus growing on them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you, certainly driving by, you'll never see that. And even just on a walk, if you don't stop and get down, you don't see that kind of stuff. And I have a new appreciation now for this little piece of land and what's going on there and just the way that God created this beautiful, yeah. you know, ecosystem. Um, but the only way I got there was by stopping. Yeah. So let me give you an example about how you stop when you're thinking even. So for me, uh, what I often do is I pray with my kids before they go to bed. Yeah. And when I do that, I, you know, I confess that a lot of times it becomes this by route prayer where, mm-hmm. you know, I pray the same things uh, very, you know, often. And, and so as I was preparing for this message, I, I went in to pray with my daughter before she went to bed. And I said, you know, I thanked God for her. And mm-hmm. then I stopped. And I said, and then I started to to list out the reasons I was thankful for her. Yeah. You know, I'm thankful for the way that, you know, she cares so much about, you know, the people that are around her. I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, she, you know, is, um, is, you know, so good at so many different things, yeah. the way she tries for, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And so for me, that was like stopping to look under a rock hmm. or to look at the moss on yeah. a tree. Yeah. Because in those moments, it's like, yeah, I'm thankful. Wait why? Like, let me look at that from a different angle. Let me look at that, that's that subject or that thing that I'm so thankful for, um, from this way or this way, or, you know, let me add this into it. And, and it really, it actually changes things. It really does. And it, in a way it requires, um, it requires us not to be as hurried, right? Like it, and that's really hard. I know you talked briefly, uh, about artists, um, and the way that artists have this ability to, to, to pause on something and to look at it from different angles and, yes. you know, whether you're painting a picture or writing a song, yeah. um, which is, I think it's really true. Now, I, th- I think it can be true on the other side too, right? Yeah, I, tell me about that. Um, well, as, as an artist, it's easy to get caught in the, the brokenness and the longing and the, the you know, the hurt or, or what have you. I mean, as I said before we started, what's more universal than a love song? It's a breakup song, right? Everyone's right. had their heart broken. There's a lot of people who would say, well, I'm not really in love like that. Like, you know, and and maybe it sells more. But but the truth is, regardless, yeah. in, in these things form habits in us, um, but either of them requires us to pause yeah. and to dwell on something. Yeah. Um, you can't rush art. I, you know, I've got friends who work in professional art in all kinds of different fields and mediums, and you you just can't rush it. Um, yeah. You don't end up with something that feels real, right? I mean, yeah. you can, in the same way that when you do the Thanksgiving thankfulness, I think it's a great habit when you go around the table. Yeah. But the truth is, no one's like, yeah, that's really profound. You're all like, yeah, okay, which which stock answer are you going to pick? And I'll make sure I pick a different one. Yeah, right? while I'm smelling the uh, yeah, stuffing just, and the turkey. Just like. <laughs> give me that turkey as quickly as possible. Um, but it does, it does require us yeah. to pause yeah. and to be present. Even, I mean, even with our kids at the end of the day, we have the same thing. Our kids last night actually asked, um, when are we going to change the questions? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a, it's a good question. Uh, we've, we've changed our questions. We asked with our kids a couple of times and occasionally we just switch it up because it forces you to pause, right? It right. forces you out of these habits of, yeah, yeah, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Um, yeah. you know, in the, in the same way that if, if you drive, drive to work every day and you know the route really well, right? If there's an accident on that route and you have to go a different route, you think about it differently. Yeah, totally. Um, so there's something there that you need to, you need to give yourself space if you want to develop gratitude. You, you need to give yourself enough room to have the time to stop and to see things really clearly yeah. um, and then to respond well. 
Yeah, and I and I think one of the things that I I I sort of got into when we talk about this, you make that a really good point when it comes to artists and and how we can fo- like artists do have an advantage in the fact that they focus in on something and can think about it. But I think that they also fall into the same category as most of us, where we focus on the negative far yeah. more than we focus on the positive. And I think that it's so true. I, I, I know it's true of me at times that it's easy and far more likely that I'm going to ask God for something rather than thank him for something that I already have. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's that longing or that thing that we don't have that really, really hold like we just, you know, often holds on to us. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that, I think that we do tend to really, uh, you know, focus on those negative things, Mm -hmm. uh, because they just kind of, they grab our attention more. Yeah. They're easier. It's so much easier to focus on what we don't have. And again, you play that comparison game. It's, it's almost always easier to compare up than down even, right? Like, and, and it's not helpful either way, but, but it's, it's not often we say, man, I'm so thankful that I that I have more than, than a lot of people. It's kind of like, well, you know, I, yeah, sure. I don't, I, I don't have the newest of car like those people. Um, yeah. and we, we, we get into these habits and we focus on what we don't have, what we, what we could use, what, you know, the, the broken areas and not yeah. that I think those areas are super important. Um, I mean, I know we're going to, we're going to jump into worship. So I'm going to jump ahead there yeah. for a minute. Um, I think this is one of the one of the criticisms that a lot of modern worship music receives actually is that it's too happy snappy and everything's thankfulness all the time. And that doesn't reflect our current reality. And I get that. And if you look at the Psalms and you look at a lot of the Bible, it's the Bible actually isn't, isn't all praise all the time, but it almost always ends in praise songs of Psalms of lament kind of start with this. I'm broken. Everything is terrible. God have you forsaken me. Mm -hmm. And yet I will still praise you. It's kind of where they all come back to. Um, and we don't have the music for them, but I wonder, I wonder what that musical change is like. And I wonder how, how quickly you get through the first part and how much time you spend on the second. Cause we need to, yeah. we need to be reminded that, right, this is actually reality. Not what I feel, not what I necessarily see around me, but this reality that God has defined that's in the Bible. Yeah. And we're thankful because of it. Yeah. And I think you can talk about the, the, you know, happy clappy side of, of worship songs today, but I Mm. also think that there's, there is a a slight nuance as well when it comes to the idea that we're moving from knowledge to praise. Mm. And so there's this, this idea that some of the older songs or hymns that we would sing would be about imparting, uh, uh, imparting a really important truth about God. Yeah. Whereas today it's about responding to what he's done often, where it's mm-hmm. this kind of praise for who he is and what he's done and those kinds of things. Yeah. And I think actually there's a healthy balance there. Absolutely. Because I think I think we need both. Yeah. And, and we certainly need both in our services. But there was a time, and I mentioned this on Sunday, where our worship services were all about information. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, how can we get through the announcements and the music fast enough so that we can give the preacher as long as they need to expound the word, to give us truth, to give us knowledge. Yeah. And, and there's obviously I have a high view of, of how important knowledge is or, yep. or, or, or sorry, teaching in the, in the worship service, but we don't come to church just to get new information. No, we come to church to respond to what Jesus has done in our life, to what God's done through him. So to me, there's, there's a really neat balance that seems to be happening. And a lot of the worship songs, you know, people will say, well, why, you know, some people might say, well, why do we repeat lyrics over and over again? Sure. Some of those things are, are about expressing an emotion back to God for mm-hmm. what he's done for us. And I don't, I think there's a place for that. Absolutely. There's a place for it. I mean, we see it 
certainly throughout the scripture, right? I mean, so many of the Psalms, um, his love endures forever is repeated how many times? Right. In Revelation, we're given this image of the worship that is ongoing in heaven, <laughs> where the angels are falling over and saying, holy, 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 holy. is the Lord God yeah. Almighty, right? That's yeah. literally ongoing <laughs> Yeah. Since at least the time that it was written until now, since Isaiah's time, right? Like, it, yeah. we, there's, there's nothing wrong. And, and you're right. There's, um, information is important. We need to learn. We need to be, uh, be able to articulate and be able to learn new ideas. But formation is so much more important than information, right? And I, the habit of worship is, yeah. is something that forms us, um, it's always a response to what God has done. So obviously we need the information. What has God done? And that's why we turn to the scripture. That's why we, we teach. That's why we yeah. open the word together. Absolutely. But so what would you say, like if we yeah. were, if, if you were to ask somebody, you know, what makes a good service or a, like a Sunday morning service? Like if somebody walked away from a worship service and said, that was a great service, mm-hmm. what, you know, what would they come away asking or saying or, or talking about? Yes, I mean, I would, I'd probably define it pretty simply as worship is defined, which is revelation and response. Right. This idea that God was revealed. We saw who God was, what he's doing, what he has promised to do. Yeah. The revelation of God. And then we were given an opportunity to respond to that. Right. Um, and respond by, you know, by being challenged by the, by the word, by making decisions in our minds to live differently. Yeah. I think that's important. But also respond by standing and singing, by by proclaiming truths together yeah. um, that remind us of the story that we're actually a part of, which is different than the cultural narrative we live in, right? Like we, yeah. we are given a different narrative and a different kind of worship script everywhere else we go. Yeah. And this is why it's so important to gather together and worship. I mean, yeah. if, you've been, if you've been going to church for 10, 20 years, you're probably going to hear the same things, right? It's not, we're not giving wildly new information. And I would even say, if you're going somewhere who, where they're constantly saying we have a new revelation, this is something brand new. Yeah, I'd be a little concerned because right, right. Bible's been around for a while. Uh, yeah. Lots of great teachers have lived before us. Like, yeah, Jesus kind of was the revelation. Right, right, right. It's it's the same thing. And and every week we come and we sit at the feet of the gospel and we respond to it. Yeah, um, and we practically do that. And then those truths, those things we proclaim, the prayers we hear, the songs we sing, they go with us. Yeah. Uh, and they remind us through our weeks and through until our next gathering of who our God is and how our lives should reflect that. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like that part of the worship service is almost an unconscious sort of part in terms of this, this filling or this. Yes. Yeah. And and I because I don't think anybody walks away from a worship service and says to their friends, you know, wow, I, I really responded well today or I felt mm-hmm. like, I, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, what they walk away with is some nugget, some information piece or some, you yeah. know, whatever. And I think it kind of reminds us of, um, you know, I, and I've had that conversation too, you know, as a pastor, you often hear people say, Hey, I went to this church service and, uh, the pastor was like amazing. And he yeah. taught something that was so life-changing and this is the word that he said, or this is the phrase that he shared. And mm-hmm. this reminded me of this thing and all of that is good. But I just yeah. think that if, if we reduce worship to just coming and hoping that we hear something that kind of grabs our attention, we've yeah. missed the point. Yeah. And, and there is something, um, I think there's something about even being a part of an experience that isn't deeply enjoyable or isn't doesn't align with all of our preferences. That's right. part of our worship, right? I mean, we we talk about this a lot because we we love the fact that we're diverse here. That we have young and old. We have people yeah. of different backgrounds. We have people who grew up 
singing different things and knowing different things. And I think I know when we sing songs or when we, I mean, even when we teach, there are people who think this is, this is right up my alley. And there's people who think this is not what I would choose right. if I could choose. And that's part of our worship too. Um, but it is For funny. Sure. We, we talk about worship and you and I hear this a lot from people. Um, we get people coming up to us and saying, oh, that was great this morning. I actually had someone recently tell me that they'd heard other people talking about me and said, oh, you, you know, you're getting a lot of praise, which I just thought was the most hilarious choice yeah. of words, right? Like yeah. I'm the worship leader trying to get people to praise God. So what does someone tell me that I'm getting praise, right? Yeah. And, and I, yeah. it's super well-meaning. And I, I, most people don't have the language for this, but the right. truth is what we're doing is we, um, we want to come to church and we want to see the revealed God yeah. and we want to respond and we do feel good about that. And, and you and I know, we, we appreciate it when people say, sure. there was something great about this morning. Um, we know that it's God, it's not us. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's, there's that revelation and response. Yeah, so and, that's, and you're right. That, that is a way that sometimes we can capture something. But I, I got to, you know, just one of the things as we're, as we're wrapping this up yeah. is that I, I mentioned, I said something that I, you know, I probably didn't go quite as far, but I started hmm. to talk about a troubling trend that we're seeing at our church. Okay. And I think that as we've been thinking a little bit as a leadership team, talking about our attendance and talking about trends and things to be paying attention to, one of the things we've noticed is that we believe that people are attending our church less. Yeah. I think generally speaking, this is probably true of many churches, that we are generally attending church less often. Mm -hmm. You yep. may still be very committed to church, uh, but... If anything comes up, if we have other things going on, worshiping together kind of slides down the list of importance mm -hmm. to the point now where I think it's getting quite low. In fact, you know, if we've got anything else going on, we'll go there instead. Yeah, because you know what? Church is going to be on next week. It's, right. a, it's an easy excuse. Yeah, and so I sort of, I, I, I drew the comparison without really drawing the comparison, but I shared the story of the nine people who were um, cured from their leprosy. They were yeah. healed. And, um, and nine of them took what they wanted from Jesus and they moved on. And the one came back and returned to Jesus to worship him. So there's two things that are important there. First thing is that the number I think is significant. Most people take what God is doing in our lives for granted, yeah. even followers of Jesus. Hmm. And I would actually say that for us to attend sporadically, is a demonstration of ungratefulness. Hmm. It's a demonstration that we are just taking something and then running. Yeah. You know, I'm good with this, God. I want you to help me with this. I believe, you know, the, the truth of the word, all those kinds of things, but worship you on a regular basis? I mean, come on. You know, and hmm. I think there's an element of ungratefulness there when we when we just, and I'm not saying, obviously, you were just away this week. I know. We yeah, are it's all, all away. It's all my fault. Yeah. <laughs> we are all <laughs> away at times. Yeah. I'm often, you know, there's times when I'm away, that's not my point. My point is when you are consciously on a regular basis choosing other things, mm -hmm. then you've got to start asking about your priorities, but also start looking at yourself and wondering, am I truly thankful for what God has done in my life? Hmm. And I think that the one person who returned in that instance um, is a good example of the kinds of people that we should be. And I think that, that we should be those people who continually return to Jesus and give him praise for what he's done in our life. And that's what happens on Sunday morning. That's yeah. part of that response that you're talking about. Absolutely. It's a great final word for us, Paul. Thanks for sharing. Uh, hope we see you all next week here at Compass Point, And we will talk to you again next week here on Postscript. Thanks, good. Thanks.